surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk About It with Taylor Nolan. This is Taylor, your host, and today is the second bonus episode of all of the episodes of Let's Talk About It. I'm nervous, but also excited to share with you guys this bonus episode. It is essentially a follow-up to our last episode, episode 101 with Dr. Jess. So if you have not had a chance yet to listen to that episode, I highly recommend going back and listening to it. Um, In this episode, I'm going to be very much opening up and sharing with you all uh, some reflections and my own personal experience of going to a sex club for the first time. Um, I will also be answering a listener's question surrounding um, feeling guilty around the hookup number, which is a very important topic to discuss. So I'm hoping to reduce some of the stigmas around having a, you know, how high your hookup number is um, and connect with a listener on this question. So uh, without any further ado, we can get into this episode. Um, I called Dr. Jess and kind of updated her on what my experience was was like and I'm super thankful to Dr. Jess for being open and you know coming back on the podcast and having this follow-up conversation with me. So thank you to her for more of her time and, and knowledge and, and listening to my experience in this. And thank you to all of you for opening your ears and your heart and your mind as I share this vulnerable, exciting, uh, new, different experience. So here we go. All right. Welcome back to the show, Jess. Thank you so much for chatting with me about this. I'm really excited to talk about this and to update you and to hear your thoughts. <laughs> I'm excited to hear about your experience. Yeah. It um, it was interesting for sure. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie. Like I was like pretty nervous beforehand like because I had spoken with you about it and I had spoken with a few other friends just like even before that visit to Toronto I had um you know had friends and people like talk about it to me and I just heard so much about it there was like all this anticipation up to going and that made me like really nervous (laughs) I think that's pretty normal I think even if you've been a hundred times, you'll be a little bit nervous. That's part of the excitement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I did try to use those like exciting nerves to, you know, the nervous nerves to like be excited nerves. Um, But even I think like as I'm someone that I I wanted to know like a little bit of everything, which was why like I had sourced so much information from you and from other people. And even beforehand, I was like, what do I wear? And I was texting you. Yeah. (laughs) Oh like, my god! What kind of so- shoes do I wear? Like, what kind of outfit am I supposed to wear? Like, am I just gonna be naked? Like, when you were texting me about the shoes, I was like, "Girl, you need to wear shoes. This is a public area with people's dirty feet and shoes. Please wear shoes. I, you can take them off once you're on your back on the mattress because yeah. that part is clean. But please wear shoes." <laughs> yeah. Well, and like I was confused. Like, just 
fast forward a little bit when we got there it was like there is a pool area so like there are people like walking around without shoes and then i did see some <laughs> people like with flip-flops and then there were like a decent amount of people with like heels but like most of the dudes didn't have any like socks or like shoes on most people were barefoot <laughs> out by the pool uh yeah but even like on the beds and stuff it wasn't like yes i didn't see like shoes off like right before the bed so they're just walking around the nightclub shoeless yeah i mean i guess in the in the area that we were in there really like wasn't like unless they were unless like the women were wearing heels and like maybe one or two people i saw with flip-flops interesting okay i've always worn well heels because i love my heels i've always worn shoes there i cannot even imagine my partner either taking his shoes off like he'll take all of his clothes off but he would want his feet to be covered yeah and this is honestly like something i had not even thought about until i was getting ready and then i was like whoa so what did you end up wearing so i at first i was like oh um, before we were getting ready, I was wearing like yoga pants and like a sweatshirt. And he was like, oh, well, like you're fine to just like go on that. Cause you're going to like take it off. And I was like, but really, really? I was like, yeah, I guess I don't need to like over sexualize. But then I was like, no, like this is my first time going to a sex club. Like I want to feel sexy. So I like pulled out, I had brought like three or four dresses. I overpack. I like my options and <laughs> like pulled them all out. And we like kind of did like a little mini fashion show, right? And I was like, oh yeah, like which, you know, which dresses do you like? And then he literally, he just kept repeating like whatever you feel most sexy and most comfortable in. And I was like, no, like tell me which one is your favorite. (laughs) And then he was just like, really like whichever one like makes you feel like the most sexy and most comfortable. And so I picked a a wrap dress um, and wore like my matching bra and underwear underneath it. And... um, (laughs) The other thing I hadn't thought about until then, um, in addition to the shoes, was like pubic hair. I was like, oh, what do I do? I was like, do I need to like clean up? Like, what do I? (laughs) I was so nervous. I was like, tell me, like, what should I do? And he, again, he just kept being like, whatever you feel most comfortable with. Like, there will be people there with bushes. There will be people there with landing strips. There will be people there that are fully waxed. Like, it's a mix of everything. So, like, whatever you feel, like, if you feel sexy and empowered with what you have right now, then leave it. And I was like... Hang on. Has he been there before? He had been once. Yeah. With his oh, ex. okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, he, he kind of knew. And he's absolutely right. Mm -hmm. There's like people are going to show up in plaid pajama pants and people are going to show up in lingerie and people are going to show up in a long trench coat and ditch it at the door. And then people are in just jeans, jeans and a t-shirt as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I did. I did see some of that too. Yeah. It was, and like all of that beforehand felt like, okay, but really though, this is supposed to be like a sex club. But then when I was there, I was like, yeah, this makes sense. Like who cares? Yeah, and some people really are most most comfortable in jeans and a t-shirt. Like me, I'm not a jeans and t-shirt person. So I would be in my high heels and dress because that's how I feel most myself, Mm -hmm. like most sexy. Yeah, yeah. And it was was interesting when we got there, the building itself was not what I had expected. Right. It's an old converted house. Yeah. I was like, this is a house. (laughs) Yeah, and, I don't know why and in I Toronto. Was, yeah, and that's I, a, that's a huge house. Like yeah. I know in other places in the states, you have you like big properties and sprawling land, but picture basically like Manhattan 
or San Francisco, our houses are not huge because it's in the middle of the city. It's mm-hmm. right, you know, it's between the universities. It's a walk. It's a couple of blocks yeah. from one of our major Canadian universities. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it's it's actually kind of cool. I love that they've brought it. It's not in a dark strip mall by a gas station. Mm-mm. It's in the middle of our community. There are schools yeah. within a few blocks of there. And and it's not a big deal because, you know, they're not doing it in the playground. Yeah. <laughs> they're behind closed doors. So, yeah, it like I for some I don't know why in my head I was expecting it to almost feel like it was a strip club. Mm, kind of a vibe. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I was expecting like some kind of like strip club building almost to walk up to. Actually, that's a good point because some of the ones in the States, and I would say your typical sex club, are more like a cross between a nightclub and a strip club. And Oasis is a bit different because, first of all, it's in this old converted house. Mm-hmm. There are multiple rooms because if you think about old yeah. houses, they weren't they were not open concept. Yep. And that's why they're able to have a dungeon area and a more mm-hmm. sensual space and, an, and a dance space and, and a change. So what do you see at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> so I guess when we got there, first the, the building threw me off a little bit and I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then when we first walked in, um, she goes over like all this consent stuff and mm-hmm. I really appreciated that and was like, oh, yeah, like, I like this. Like, people have to ask first. Like, no one's just going to come up and touch you. And, like, even if someone's going to watch you, like, they're going to ask. And um, I thought that was very well done. And I was also very impressed because she just had, like, memorized the whole thing. And then it was all, like, on the computer, you know, like, to sign and go over. But she was just very, very well informed and had memorized this whole thing very well. Um, And that made me feel much safer knowing that, like, everyone else understood that as well that was in there absolutely and then did they give you a little tour or did you just venture in on your own yeah so they gave us like a little mini tour because I was like oh like can you just like show us like the lay of the land like you know want to get a better feel for what it is I'm about to enter (laughs) and so yeah she walked us through all the areas and we went on a Sunday night which meant it wasn't as busy which at first I thought I wouldn't like but afterwards i'm like i'm glad that we went on a less busy night um Mm -hmm. because it wasn't as overwhelming and it felt like um i don't know it just it just wasn't as overwhelming which i appreciated so yeah there's like what three or four different levels or something like that at least yeah yeah and you know the first level we really didn't spend any time on um but there was like the sauna and then there was like the hot tub there. Um, and the bar. Yeah, the bar. And then, and honestly, like I really didn't even see anyone drinking. No, people don't drink that much. Yeah. Because of, of whiskey dick and everything. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and yeah, so we went up the like second level, I guess, was more was where the dungeon area was, where there was like a sex swing and like the, you know, the X where like you get tied up on. Um, Mm -hmm. And then across from that, there was basically like what I, what I would envision as more of like a nightclub-y type of room where I was like, this is where they do naked karaoke. (laughs) Cause they were doing naked karaoke. I think a few nights before we went and I was like, Oh, this is probably where they do the naked karaoke (laughs) (laughs) where it was like an area for people to dance. There wasn't that many people there. So there wasn't really anyone dancing there. Um, but there was like a whole section of like the beds, um, which are literally just like 
mattresses. I don't know how you explain it. Yeah, it's it's a kind of mattresses in a semicircle. Is that how it was set up? Yeah. And there's a stage there. So Mm -hmm. when there are performances, like if you go to a live squirting class or Mm -hmm. if you go to even a a live blowjob class Mm -hmm. or a live muff diving class, that's where the hosts will stand and everybody will lay out on the mattresses around them. Hmm. Yeah. That's so cool. I want to go to one of those classes. <laughs> it's really cool. It's really, really neat. I have hosted a few there and they're they're actually really cool to work with. Yeah. Huh. Well, yeah. So, I mean, and the mattresses aren't like, what's what, what would you even call that material? Oh, I think they probably have some sort of almost like a plastic wrap around them and then they put sheets on them. Is that right? Well, so there weren't any sheets when we were there. It was like... Okay. I mean, but they're like wipeable. Like you yeah, can like and wipe I think you can bring in your own towels. And I think I could be mistaken, but I think there are sheets kind of folded in piles, and then you can put them down when you need them. Mm. If I recall correctly, yeah, we used towels. Um, okay, and that was like big thing for me. I was like, yeah, like every surface I sit on needs to be completely covered. <laughs> Yet you want to walk barefoot? Come on. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Um, And I think like I started off, uh, well, so there's that area and then upstairs was like only for couples and like single women, like single men were not allowed up in that area, Um, which is actually where we ended up spending most of our time. But uh, I started off because there's like, you know, the locker room, right? And you get to put all your stuff in there. And then I was like, shit, do I take my dress off? Do I stay in like brown underwear? And I did see people walking around like with lingerie. And he started off keeping his uh, boxers on and I stayed with my bra and underwear and my heels. And at first I was like, oh, like how uncomfortable do I really feel? And I was like, you know, like I feel okay. Like I feel fine. Like other people were just walking around naked with no care in the world. So I was just kind of like, yeah, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Like it's okay. Like I can just walk around like this. And we did like a little... We kind of explored each room a little bit and then we went out to the pool and that was where I was like, I'm about to get naked. (laughs) Isn't it the greatest feeling? I don't know. I was very nervous because I was like, people are going to watch me take my underwear off and take my bra off, right? Like they're going to be lower than I am in the pool and then I'm going to like step into the pool naked. I was a little nervous. Um... But I did it, and then we went in the pool. That was the first time I'd ever been in, like, a body of water, like, totally naked. Um, like, I've never... Really? Yeah. Did never, you love it? It was nice. It was nice. Um, <laughs> I was still, at that point, I was still, like, in my head a little bit, and there were mm-hmm. people, eh, like, over in the corner opposite of us that were, like, making noises, and, like, the rule breaker in my head was, like, they're not allowed to have sex in the pool. They're not allowed to have sex in the pool. Like, are they having sex in the pool? <laughs> And I was like, I was like, I think he's fingering her. Like, I don't know. But I was like, I hope they're not having sex in the pool. <laughs> um, and yeah, like a lot of people. So there's just, no sex allowed in the pool? Yeah. Like no sex in the hot tub or in the pool or on the stairs. Those oh, were the rules that the they told stairs. us. That's so funny. <laughs> so yeah. anywhere else is fine. Yes. Just not on the stairs because it's a fire hazard. Yeah. Well, and I feel like that could be dangerous as well. Like people are trying to walk up the steps mm-hmm. and you're mm-hmm. on there having sex. Um, but yeah, like 
most people in the pool were just like chit-chatting. Um, and it mm-hmm. wasn't like necessarily like a, a sexy time, but um, yeah, it was like... Except for the one person getting fingered. Yes. Yeah. And, and like there was, there were like a few single guys sitting in there. And I remember like when him and I were, because um, I like had my legs wrapped around him and we were like, you know, close and making out a little bit. And then at one point he like had lifted me up a little bit to start making out my boobs. And part of me was like, and like these people are gonna watch and like just feeling a little uncomfortable with it and then after it happened and then like you know I was just checking in with myself a little bit I was like yeah actually you know I I don't think it's like that big of a deal like I'm just gonna be focused on him and I'm gonna be focused on like what we're doing and on our connection and not really care if anyone's watching or if anyone's looking or what it even looks like. Um, Cause I think I, I could have gotten even more in my head about it. It wasn't necessarily something that like turned me on, but after, after a minute I was just like, yeah, actually it's okay. Like I don't care. Well, that's one of the challenges too, when you're in this group situation that you become a spectator in your mm-hmm. own experience, right? Yes. Where instead of enjoying the sensation, whether it's physical or emotional or however you're feeling connected, you're worried about what other people are observing. And, and it's interesting because uh, most of the parties I've been to, they actually don't allow the singles mm. um, or the singles have to be oftentimes sponsored by a couple. Mm. Uh, they are a little more strict with single guys, because single women are less likely to be aggressive. And I know there are people who are going to take issue with that, but that's just the reality. That doesn't mean there are not aggressive Mm -hmm. single women. That doesn't mean that all single guys are aggressive. But, you know, I I think I told you that, you know, I was in a room where this guy kept pushing his way in. Yeah. And my husband was holding the door shut. So uh, I've never, having been to hundreds and hundreds Mm -hmm. of these events, uh, I'm not saying that women don't, overstep their bounds but they in my personal experience they're more likely to ask yeah rather than just try something Mm -hmm. yeah and there was like when we were upstairs at one point so we we made our way up to like the couples level and at first we started off in like the bar area where there was a pole and there was actually a yes a dancer which was not like working there but she just it like professionally is a dancer. And so she was like teaching like a few of the girls in there. And that was like kind of fun. And we just like oh, cool. stood and like chatted and watched. And I was just like, that's hella impressive. Like they got so much core strength. <laughs> like it was, yes, it was intense. Um, but then it was like, you know, you walked around that area and it was the first time that I had seen that many people have sex. And it was like, I turned this way and it was like, oh, they're having sex. I turned that way. Oh, she's giving him a blowjob. Turn that way. Oh, he's going down on her. Like, and it was just all right there where part of me was like, oh, don't look like, like, oh yeah, sorry. Sorry. Like, oops. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, it's okay. Like I can, I don't have to like immediately look away. Like, it's okay that like I take that in and then like move along, you know? And it was, it was like people of all different body shapes and sizes and, and backgrounds. And cause before we walked in too, I was asking him, I was like, is this just going to be like a bunch of white people? <laughs> and he was like, no, Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Was it mixed? Yeah, it was very mixed. Oh, I'm happy to hear that because these spaces do tend to 
uh, be heavily mm-hmm. white dominated. And, yeah. and so it depends on the night, the party. I mean, you're in the city of Toronto where, mm-hmm. uh, for example, there are more Asians, East Asians and South Asians than there are white people. And yeah. so you're just going to see more diversity. Mm-hmm. But these spaces, you know, across North America tend to be very white. Yeah. And, uh, and it can, you know, one of the challenges if you're a person of color is especially, well, I guess for all genders, you get fetishized, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You're treated like a, like they're interested in you because, mm-hmm. you know, you might be a notch yeah. on their belt or, or because they have a specific fantasy about what you might be mm-hmm. like. Uh, as an Asian, I'll, I'll be sure to disappoint. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, okay. So there are all these people around you. Did you, did it feel like overwhelming? Was it sensory overload? Uh, no, like there was, there was a a good amount of people there for the space to feel somewhat filled up, but I didn't, it wasn't like, oh my God, there's literally people having sex everywhere. Like, where are we going to (laughs) go? Like, I was glad that we went on a slower night for my first time because then it, it didn't feel as overwhelming and there wasn't anyone, there was really maybe only one or two girls that he and I were kind of like, oh, like she's you know, she's like attractive and we think that she's cute or hot or whatever. Um, but there, it wasn't enough to the point where we were like, oh yeah, like we, we vibe with that. Like we want to, you know, explore that. So, and that it wasn't like a mission going in of like, oh, like we're going to find someone else. Like it that wasn't there. So it wasn't like we checked in with each other. Like I had asked him, you know, like, oh, is there anyone that like excites you? And he was kind of like, oh, you know, like maybe like that one person, but like, you know, not, not particularly. And I kind of felt the same way. And then at that point it was kind of like, okay, we're going to really just focus on each other then. And to me, it was also kind of exciting because I was staying with him in his apartment and he has roommates. And so when we were there, I was like, wow, like I don't have to be worried about making any noises. Like I can just be fully in it. Um, yeah, well, that's, that's a really tough thing too, in a group environment, mm-hmm. people I, I've observed will often stifle their sound yeah. to begin with. And then once you get into it, you're like, screw y'all. I don't really care. <laughs> and I always yeah. try and encourage people. I'm like, let those sounds emanate mm-hmm. with no inhibition. Don't worry about anyone around you yep. because they're, they're in their own mm-hmm. space right now. Yeah. And it was the first time I had been in a space where I was like hearing other people, like, uh, even, you know, you're hearing like the, all of that. Um, and the flip-flops. Was it the flip-flops or was it the bodies smacking together? The bodies. The bodies. Um, but yeah, like I did initially, you know, when we first walked up there, I was like, oh, well, like there's a lot of noises. And it was like, people don't care. Like they weren't holding back. And then when he and I started hooking up, I was like, oh yeah, like I don't, I don't have to like hold back, but I also don't need to like perform anything for anyone. So that was a nice feeling. And there was only one time that I, I realized afterwards that I was like, oh, wow, I was actually very loud at that moment. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was one girl that came up to us and was like, oh, would you mind if I watched? <laughs> and, oh, cool. and I thought that was really sweet that she came up and asked us and... I think I feel like it partially maybe made him slightly nervous for like a split second because then after we were like, yeah, sure. Then he asked me like, what do you want me? Like, what do you want? 
And I was like, oh, like maybe he's like nervous now and like wants to make sure that, you know, he's pleasing me, whatever. Um, And then it was actually very interesting because I don't think I have squirt since I was like in high school. And there was... Before we went to the sex club, like just in this trip in general, I had squirted once. And then when we were there and then when this woman was watching, (laughs) he made me squirt. (laughs) And I was like standing up and it just like went everywhere. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) So that happened. Was it good? No, it was really good. It was really good. I mean, I came several times. Um, We... Yeah, we had sex. He fingered me. I gave him oral. He came a few times and I came a few times. And then at one point before that woman came up and was like watching us, we were having sex (laughs) on the bed. And then this woman came over to the bed with two guys. And then she had like a male female male threesome right next to us. And I was like, oh, I've never seen this in real life. And at first, (laughs) at first she was on her back and one guy was having sex with her. And then the other guy was like above her and was getting oral. And the guy that was having sex with her had his hands on the guy's legs that was like above her getting oral. And I remember I said to him, I was like, oh, I wonder if like that other guy feels uncomfortable that his hands are on him while he's like trying to, you know, experience pleasure in this way. Because in my head, I was like, oh, these are two like heterosexual guys who are like having this threesome with this woman. And then later on, uh, she was, the guys were both on their backs and she was giving one oral and the other one a hand job. And then the two guys were making out. And then I was like, oh. They definitely didn't care. (laughs) Sounds hot. Yeah, it was very different. Like I've never seen anything like that. And so it was like he and I were having sex and then I was giving him oral. And like at the same time, we were being stimulated by these other images around us, but at the same time, like focusing on each other. So it was an interesting balance. And there there was only one part that I could tell he was super distracted in because there was... I think it was like someone's birthday or something. I don't know. But there were these people that had came in the room that were like also just very loud and not in like a sexy way, but they were just like talking loud. And we were like, this is not the vibe. Like, can you move to a different room? And I could tell he was like distracted at that point. And I just like went back up to him and was like, hey, like I'm right here. (laughs) Focus right here. It's okay. Like, just try to block out the other things. Um, but for the most part, it was like great. We both came several times, orgasmed several times, felt very freeing to just be in a space that was like, yeah, we can basically do whatever we want with each other sexually and like also be stimulated by these other sex noises and, and images and, you know, partially get get aroused maybe even by the fact that other people are watching us um i think he's so hot and i think we're really hot together and so part of me was like yeah (laughs) watching us somewhere hot (laughs) well that's that's interesting because sometimes you feel self-conscious about being watched at first Mm -hmm. and then eventually i think you can flip that feeling and get really turned on by the exhibitionism of it all Mm -hmm. yeah and i always see that with people who are a bit shy and nervous at first Mm -hmm. eventually they tend to be 
uh, more cognizant of how hot it can be to be observed, to be mm-hmm. enjoyed, to be the performer. Yeah. Yeah. And that was totally what I experienced where at first I was like, ah, like people are going to watch me. What? That's weird. It's my body. And then like, you know, by the end of the night, I was just walking around the whole place, totally naked and barefoot. And <laughs> <laughs> Oh no. Listen, I did, maybe I did. out labias, breasts, penises, testicles. I'm all good with that. I just want people to wear the shoes. But clearly this is my hang up, not anybody else's. (laughs) I got to work on it. (laughs) I I did start off like with my heels where I was like naked and then with my heels, but that just like didn't feel, I don't know. It just didn't feel right to me. And I was like, I'm going to shower, you know, and there was a point where after the pool, we were both in the shower and, um, there's like it's an open shower and so there's two of them right there and then this like guy came in and he was showering and (laughs) while we were showering he was like trying to be like sexy with me you know and Uh I was kind of like I'm just trying to shower but then he was really like really hot and just being really sexy and touching me and then I was like okay now I am into this and then I was like should I be concerned that like this man is next to us and then I was like is he watching us and I was just like, Taylor, it doesn't matter. Like, what does it matter? You were literally just out there naked. Like, who cares? Like, this is just a different space. And then I was like, yeah, I really, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, it was really good. And I think like, you know, the night we went, it was slower. They were also playing more house type of music. And I'm not a huge house music person. Um, and they were like, yeah, like they do like R&B nights and like 90s hip hop nights. And I was like, that'll be my night. <laughs> Right, right. I was like, right. that'll definitely be a night that I'll enjoy more. Um, but for my first time, I would say it was super enjoyable and it was something I would definitely go back to. And now I'm curious. I'm like, what's the Seattle sex club, sex party scene like? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad too that you saw uh, men interacting with one another because mm-hmm. the truth is some swingers parties are not all, but some are homophobic and they yeah. are double standard homophobic where there's an expectation of female bisexuality mm-hmm. and uh, judgment yeah. of male bisexuality. And so I was talking to a couple uh, who they're in the lifestyle and I don't know if she's bi, but he's definitely bi. And he was saying that it's it's a challenge to overcome. Mm. And it kind of brings us back to the fact that even folks who are pushing their limits sexually and are on yeah. the fringes are still looking through that kind of male hetero gaze mm-hmm. of, I can get my rocks off only with women. The women will play with each other for my pleasure. Yeah. Uh, and women feel pressure to fall into that. But Oasis is a much more, it's a really exceptional sex club, honestly, yeah. in that because they have nights that are for queer folks, that are mm-hmm. for lesbians, that are for trans folks, mm-hmm. they are just, they just have a broader bra- base of, uh, of guests, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say like, because I saw those two men and then there was what seemed like a swinger couple. Um, and I did see like the men were touching each other. I didn't see them like making out or anything or like fucking each other, but I did see them touching one another. Um, and yeah, there were, uh, there were a few people that were trans. Um, there were a few people, uh, yeah, there was like, there was definitely some like lesbian play happening. Um, and I have to say too, the thing that like also felt just a bit empowering was like the the girl that was a dancer. She, not only was she like just teaching other people and just like having fun with it, but seeing other women just so empowered in their sexuality and not giving a fuck was so empowering to me. Like she went down 
she had made some comment about like, oh, like I love the attention. Like I love people watching me. And then she had gone down to the dungeon area. And when we were like exploring and walking around, we saw her and she was in the swing and had her friend on top of her face, like sitting on her face and this other guy like eating her out in the sex swing. And there was like a few people around watching. And I was just like, she's really enjoying this. (laughs) I was like, she is really enjoying herself. And like, that was so empowering to just know that like other young women, you know, just like were owning their sexuality and were going after the things that gave them pleasure and not feeling, you know, shamed in it at all. And I was just like, yeah. wow, this is great. <laughs> yeah. And that genuine pleasure is something that we don't really get to see mm-hmm. in other people other than your partner. Yeah. But to actually see live people have real sex and all the different ways they do it, right? Mm-hmm. With their hands, with their fingers in different positions, um, some moving a lot, some really quiet, some really yeah. loud. It's it's so cool to see that there's not just one way to have it. And, you know, orgasms even can be really mm-hmm. quiet yeah. and chill. But in porn, of course, they're over the top. They're mm-hmm. earth shattering. They're going to break the glass. And so I, yeah. I, I really think, I'm so glad you went. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you had... I, I, a cool experience. I do think people sometimes think that if they go to a sex club, it's going to be the hottest sex they've ever had, the hottest experience of their life. And it may not be so. It can just be interesting. It might be just a learning experience. It might be surprising. It Mm -hmm. might be awakening. And then it might be incredibly pleasurable. Uh, And I think if you go back again, you could have a totally different experience. So Mm -hmm. I I hope you get to. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, I would definitely like whenever I'm back in Toronto, I would definitely be curious to see what kind of nights they're having and, and go. And it was it was definitely worth it. I wouldn't say it was like the hottest sex I've ever had in my life, but it definitely was a very unique experience and there was a lot of pleasure involved. And I'm also very happy with like who I went with. Like I think, you know, if if I had gone with someone that I wasn't as attracted to or didn't have as much sexual chemistry with, I might've felt a little mm-hmm. bit more awkward and a little bit more mm-hmm. like unsure of what to do. But because I was with him and I just really we have great sexual chemistry it felt like yeah this makes sense like I want to be on top of you and I want to like you be in me and I just want to be like together and like here we can do that and be totally uninhibited I love that oh I'm so happy to hear yeah well and thank you for all of your encouragement and like you know information (laughs) and um sharing your experiences and just like making me feel a little bit more comfortable to go in the first place it's my pleasure. And I'm sorry I told you to wear shoes when in fact that's my own hang up. <laughs> no, I mean like from like a sanitary perspective, like I get it. But then after I was in the pool and I was in the shower, then I was like, yeah, then like my feet are going to be wet and then I'm going to like put the shoes on. And then I was just like, I don't know. I've never like the whole like wearing heels and having sex thing is something that like rarely happens for me. Usually I'm like, I just want to be fully naked. And as comfy as you can be. Yeah. 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 Uh, I have to ask, next time they have naked karaoke, hopefully you'll be in town and we can go to that together. <laughs> yes, yes. I would I'd be so to. excited for naked karaoke. Yes. And at first I was like, oh, like that might be kind of weird, you know, because like you're naked. But once I was there and I was like, oh, wow, like I don't give a shit about being naked. Then I was just like, yeah, if a song came on right now that I loved, I would just go so hard for it. <laughs> I would just be like jamming out so hard. And so I was like, yeah, like I would for sure have so much fun at Naked Karaoke. 
You know, I'm glad you bring up the fact that you were nervous and you were uncomfortable and you felt self-conscious because I think some people won't try things because they feel those things when in fact we mm-hmm. all feel those things at first. And and yeah. it's a, the other thing is you don't have to get naked. You could yeah. have been there and enjoyed yourself and not gotten naked and not had sex. So there's yep. kind of space for you to navigate visiting in a sex club in whatever way works for you, mm-hmm. especially a place like Oasis that is very safe. Like when you mentioned that the woman who checked you in had memorized the consent form. Yeah. The reality is, is that they, their staff really practices and mm-hmm. lives and breathes these principles. And yeah. that's what makes a difference. It's not just this thing they slap on for liability. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, genuinely concerned about you having a, you're having a positive experience. So that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And the girl that actually gave us a little bit of a tour, she knew it was our first time. And so okay. she came back and checked in with us like 30 minutes later, she found us and was like, Hey, like, just wanted to see how it's going for you guys oh. and like how you're feeling. And I was like, Oh, this is so sweet. That is. That is so sweet. Yeah, she said, you know, she'd worked there for several years and almost everyone there has been there for years. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, that's really good. Like, that makes me feel Mm -hmm. more comfortable. (laughs) That's so cool. So, so cool. Yeah. But yeah, that's my that's my update. And next time I'm in town, we should definitely do naked karaoke. <laughs> naked e hey, let's just go to a regular karaoke place and just take our clothes. Because it's a private room anyway, right? <laughs> yeah, right. They'll walk in to like bring us tea or water and we'll just be like all naked. We're like, hi. Exactly. You'll be barefoot and I'll be in my thigh high black boots. <laughs> Okay, wait. Now, I do love a good pair of thigh-high black boots. Um, so maybe I would have kept those on if I had those. <laughs> right, right. I know. Like, yes. people always are like, where would you wear those? I'm like, nowhere. <laughs> those are for the bedroom. <laughs> yes. Right? Wow. I'm not trying to mess these up in the snow. Or my mom will say, how do you walk in those? And then I don't. <laughs> They're I don't. sitting boots or on your back boots. <laughs> Oh my God, that's amazing. I need to get a pair of those. That sounds amazing. Yeah, no, it was it was a great time and I'm so glad that we got connected and looking forward to my next Toronto trip. The next one. We'll find you some clubs in other cities as you travel as well. Yes, yeah. And, and I'll be sure to share all of those as well because I think... Like, even if you're, if you don't feel like you're someone that's like super kinky or whatever, like it's just what we talked about like earlier in the episode of just like how important it is like to actually see real sex as opposed to seeing porn. Like it really did make a big difference and it normalized a lot of things like watching people grab lube and like watching people change positions and like all of that. It was just very normalizing. Oh, I love that. And and condoms as well. They provide condoms all around. Mm -hmm. Yep. Just in case. So yeah, it's yep. uh, in case people don't bring their own. Use several of those. It, the getting naked part's really interesting too, because you described it similarly to way to the way my husband described it. Mm-hmm. So I'm I I was always comfortable kind of just taking off my clothes when we first got there. And he was nervous, but then as you see other people just owning them, yeah. like taking up space, mm-hmm. you you think, hey, maybe I am also worthy of taking up space, which yep. is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, again, we did have the towels too. So it was like, if we did want to be covered up, we would just wrap our towel around. Like at one point he had taken off his boxers, but then he still had his towel. So it was like, you know, if we were sitting down, we were sitting on the towel. Or if he wanted to like get up and walk around, he would just like hold the towel or wrap it around himself. So, I mean, you got options. You got options. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. But... Thank you so much for taking the time again to chat with me and to help give all the listeners this lovely update. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for sharing. 
All right. Now we're going to transition this episode into a new segment that I am going to be incorporating throughout the podcast called Talking with Taylor uh, and sometimes a guest. <laughs> um, but in this new segment, uh, I will be taking voice memos that you lovely listeners email into us at ask.letstalkaboutit at gmail.com. And I'm going to play the audio piece. And throughout the audio piece, I'm going to make some notes. I'm going to give some feedback, provide some support, share my own experiences and discuss it as well. If I have a guest uh, for this segment um, today, it will just be me, but um, I'm excited because this allows me to actually really connect with you all and really make sure that you guys are actually getting out of the podcast what it is you are looking for and what it is you're needing support in. So as we listen to this, I'll make some comments and then um, again, we'll give just another reminder for how you guys can send these in. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what other things you guys are struggling with and how I can help and how we can all help each other and support each other, not only through listening to the podcast, but through comments um, on the Instagram page as well at let's talk about it underscore podcast so that we have a community um, to be able to provide some extra support besides just me uh, as well that will hopefully be helpful. So this listener emailed in with a question around having guilt on her hookup number, which is something I'm sure many of us can relate to and have struggled with. So uh, really appreciate this listener being vulnerable and you know, sharing her experience with this with us. And hopefully my response will be helpful. So let's talk about it. So basically I have started feeling really guilty about the number of guys I have had sex with. And I know that I shouldn't because it's my body. And in those moments it felt right. And it was my decision. And I don't regret them because It's helped me to find out what I like, what I don't like, and learn a lot about myself. I want to pause right there because the rest of this listener question starts with but, and will go on to kind of invalidate some of all of what you just said, which while you start off kind of shooting yourself, you are acknowledging why you've done it, that this is your body. It's helped you figure out what you've liked, what you didn't like. They were experiences that you enjoyed and that you wanted. And I want to just revalidate that. And I almost want you to go back and, and even for other listeners here to like rewind that 30, 15 seconds or whatever and re-listen to that because that that piece is very important and will come back into play with the rest of these feelings of guilt as we continue. So let's finish listening. But I'm at the point in my life where I am looking for a more serious relationship now and I don't want to keep adding to my number. But I also know that the physical part of the relationship and sex is important to me. So I think if you are at the point in your life where you are looking for a more serious relationship, that's definitely something to discuss with your partners that you are being intimate with. Just because someone is a sexual partner of yours does not mean that you cannot have a serious romantic relationship with them. However, if you are going into these sexual experiences with hopes of a romantic relationship without communicating that, totally makes sense where some guilt might set in and where some disappointment might also come in. 
But like you said, the physical and the sexual part of the relationship is important to you and that's okay. That's okay to explore that. Um, That does not mean that there is not space for that sexual relationship to turn into a romantic one. But I want to make sure that you are communicating your expectations, your hopes, your desires with these partners that you are being intimate with. While it might start off as just a sexual thing, if feelings do start to develop and you say, you know, I actually am looking for something more serious... Just make sure to be communicating that. And the adding to your number piece. Oh, man. We've, we've really got to get rid of this shame around our number. Um, I will tell you, I don't even know what my number is. I, I literally, I don't even know. But my number is high enough to the point where I've stopped counting. <laughs> um, and if a partner would actually ask me what my number was, I would immediately be turned off. And I would ask why that was important and why that was information that they needed to know and how they were going to judge me based off of that. I think the more appropriate question is to ask, how have you enjoyed your previous sexual experiences, right? What's been something that's happened in your previous sexual experiences that felt really good for you? What's something that you've learned from your sexual experiences? Those are really like... That tells us more about our partner than how than the number, right? Unless someone is saying that they want to have more experience because they've only been with a small number of people, um, then that's something to perhaps ask more questions about and say, yeah, like why has that been? What has that felt like for you? But yeah, I mean, I would say the more the merrier, given that it's consensual given that it's enjoyable, given that there's communication around it and there's respect, the more the merrier. I remember I I definitely started off, you know, when I was 16 and first had sex thinking, you know, I'm only going to have sex with this one person for the rest of my life. And then after that relationship didn't work um, and having sex with other people, it was, okay, yeah, I need to be really cautious of this. Um, And I'm not sure how the the age range here of this listener, um, but I think this definitely continues in your 20s as well. Um, But it, like you said, it's helped you to figure out what you like and what you don't like. And it's helped you learn a lot about yourself. And it's almost like we wouldn't, I mean, in some ways we do shame ourselves with how many relationships we have, but... I mean, it's like, are you, are you going to limit your diet, right? To only eating one kind of pizza when there's like so many different kinds of variations of pizza you could make and that you could eat and that they taste differently and that there'll be different experiences and that one might make you feel really good. One might make you feel really bad. And then how are you going to know what pizza you really like if you haven't tried all these other pizzas? And another thing I really want you to reflect on and, and ask yourself here is, why is this number important? Who is this number for? Is this number for you? Is this number for a partner? How would a partner judge you based on your number? Why would a partner want to know your number? And their response to that, is that a partner that you would want to be with? Like, I think we really have to look at what value we're putting on this and why. And if a partner would want to reject you because you've been with X amount of people. Well, I would have a lot of things I could say about that, but you would have to judge how you feel on that. And also then ask yourself, 
if your partner's number is important to you, why? And how you would respond learning that number, right? Or if there is even a need to learn that number and and why there's that need there. And I think it's super important for us to remember that our partners have had experiences before us. <laughs> and all of those experiences have helped form and shape them into who they are today as the partner that we like and respect and love and care for, right? So to not shame our partner's previous experiences allows us to accept them in their present state. And I think we should also practice doing the same thing for ourselves. I think that's a good should. A should, a should of self-compassion. <laughs> um, but again, being very gentle even with the shoulding because that can just perpetuate a form of shame. So this is a topic we have to be super gentle with ourselves on. And I just encourage you to, to reflect on some of those questions because I think that can maybe help unravel some of this shame for you. So I'm just trying to find a new mindset or a way to look at it differently so that I don't keep feeling like I have to hold back my physical side. Yeah. So I like what you said about wanting a different mindset around it, wanting to kind of reframe this. And one of the ways that I've kind of done this has been like... (laughs) thinking about it as if I were in a different gender. If I were a self-identified man, you know, am I keeping track of a number and am I feeling guilty and shameful about how many, you know, heterosexual women I've been with in this case? Like most of the time, no. Um, And most of the time we don't have that same expectation on our, um, you know, again, from a heterosexual cisgender perspective here, um, we don't necessarily have that expectation of our male partner that they have only had sex with, you know, three people and are saving themselves for marriage, right? Like it's, it's a very different expectation that we put on ourselves as women and the shame that comes around us exploring and uh, experimenting with our sexuality that I think is important to be mindful of. So that has been a part of my reframe that I can offer to you. But I also think just continuously going back to what you said at the beginning of your question, right? Of the fact that these experiences were really important to you. And I think it's, it's also important to like surround yourself with people who are in some ways experimenting similarly, right? Or who are, who are at least supporting your journey in this. Um, because when you really look at where that shame is coming from, certainly bits of it are internal, right? And messages we've absorbed from society. But who are the people you're surrounding yourself with? Are your friends making comments of, about, you know, oh, I can't believe, like, really? Like you saw both of them this weekend? You know, if if there's people in your life that are asking questions or making comments that do contribute to slut shaming, um, then that might be something to take a look at and to try to really advocate for yourself and explain those reasons that you said at the beginning. Like, yeah, I am sleeping with him and with him. And if I meet someone else, I'm going to be open to, you know, experimenting and exploring that connection there too, because this is going to help me figure out the best pizza for me. <laughs> Um, wasn't expecting for this pizza metaphor to come in, but, um, 
the last piece of what you said about holding yourself back, I want to share that you're definitely not alone in that. There have been so many times that I held myself back from experiencing a sexual connection with someone for fear of if they aren't going to become my boyfriend, then this is going to be a waste. That I'm going to waste this experience with my body, that I'm going to taint myself more because I've now had sex with this person and nothing came of it or I had sex with them and I knew they weren't going to become my boyfriend, that it made me less than. And so I held myself back a lot. And I just want to reaffirm that like, you're not alone in that. And I think um, one of the ways that I really tried to open myself up to that is remembering that it takes a lot more energy to close ourselves off than it does to stay open. And that in that process of closing, we're often shaming ourselves and trying to protect really vulnerable parts of ourselves that often that vulnerable piece is actually what's going to help give us the connection. That's the part that's going to be really authentic. So maybe it's even before having a sexual interaction with someone that you like um, of sharing that, you know, that like, ah, like, yeah, I'm, I am holding back a little bit and I'm feeling a little nervous because I do really want to be with you. um, And I have some fears around that because I have strong feelings for you um, of, of, having the courage to have those kinds of uncomfortable conversations. Um, But I will just say overall, you sound like you do have a a decent handle on this. Um, So I hope that you feel capable. I hope that you feel strong enough, right, to push through this hookup number guilt because you're much more than the number of people that you have hooked up with. And I think it's important to think of those as quality experiences, even if perhaps they weren't the most pleasurable, right? But you learned a lot from it. You learned what you didn't like. You learned how you're going to show up differently next time. These are all so important into making your own uh, love map, right? Into making your own sexual footprint uh, that you will will then share with a partner that you're ready to be serious with or that you're wanting to have a serious relationship with. Um, So... I I hope that that is helpful and I highly encourage um, if anyone, if any other listeners have some input on this um, to definitely comment on our Instagram page, which is at let's talk about it uh, underscore podcast. And when we post this episode um, to leave some comments of advice here, because I know that this isn't something that just this one listener has struggled with. Um, And it is a huge you know, issue in terms of how the whole slut shaming culture has started and using women's hookup number against them. Um, And I think it's, you know, if if we can almost Amber Rose it, right? And take control of our number and, and feel empowered in that and say, you know, yeah, I have had sex with 40, 50, 10, three men, women, whoever. Um, And, you know, like, what about it? Honestly, what about it? I've read 50 books. Am I only supposed to read two books and commit to that one book all the time? I don't know. Maybe I should have stuck to the pizza metaphor there. But 
I hope you guys, I hope you all get, get what I'm saying. Uh, thank you so much to this listener for being vulnerable and for sharing this with us all here. I hope that this has been helpful and I hope you feel heard and seen and uplifted and empowered to fight through some of this hookup number guilt. I will be doing these Talking with Taylor segments where I answer a listener question about once a month. So I'll try to make sure to get one in at least every four episodes so we can continue to chat with each other. But as a reminder, if you all have questions that you would like me to respond to and potentially with a guest as well, uh, then please send in a voice memo to our email at ask.letstalkaboutit at gmail.com. And we will try to talk about it as best as we can and support each other again on the Instagram page at let's talk about it underscore podcast. But that does it for today's episode. Thank you all so, so, so much for tuning in and for listening with open ears and an open mind. If you have two to three seconds after listening to this episode, please share it with a friend, uh, leave a review on iTunes, even just a star rating was super, super helpful. Um, I appreciate you all so much. And it is such a privilege, such an honor to be able to have these conversations with you all. So I appreciate you all showing up here with me and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and I'll talk to you next time. Surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives. And so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity.